So far, so good for Jed Fish. However, now the real coaching begins. Arizona landing four-star prospects in football, and Arizona basketball rounds out the roster. You're listening to the Wildcat Sports Report Podcast. Arizona opens fall camp. Football season's right around the corner, but before we delve into the football talk, at least three, you probably wonder, Brad, where you've been? Well, the last uh, month or so, my uh, life has resembled a country song. And not like a cool Johnny Cash country song where there's like murder and loose women and rings of fire and, and not even a country song like Willie Nelson with, uh, you know, maybe some substances. Uh, no, no, my, my, my life has been a little more the really bad uh, mid-90s family member got really sick i've had some health issues nothing major but enough uh, the, my air conditioner has gone out three times and finally had to replace that bad boy so a lot of fans running which i think i mentioned last time i recorded a podcast that was time number one of the ac breaking down but uh running six seven fans not necessarily a good way to record high quality audio content and by high quality i mean the sound of the audio not the words coming out of my mouth uh, if that wasn't enough uh my dog tore his acl yeah um wish he did it some cool way he jumped out of the car when he wasn't supposed to jump out of the car all that said throw that in with kids on summer break which means a little harder to record during my lunch breaks and we've had a lack of podcasts but guess what the dog uh zacl is is better uh well he's at least doped up on pain pills uh, the family member is doing well. The AC has been replaced. I mentioned a car broke down, went on a vacation. All that piled up. But now we're worn and ready to go, right in time for fall camp. And uh, we're going to talk a lot of football, hopefully doing two or maybe even three podcasts a week. So let me know if you have any questions, if there's anything you want me to discuss. Uh, the plan is to delve into some football big picture things. We'll talk a little bit about Kim Aiken as well. And then after that... Um, we're going to start position breakdowns, and while there'll be more answers later in camp, we're at least going to give an overview of what Arizona enters fall camp with. So looking at it so far, so good with Jed Fish. I think most of us were not happy with the hire and have been happy so far with what he has done. Uh, Arizona opens fall camp, and I think if we look top to bottom, uh, the roster is a little bit stronger than it probably was a year ago. You know, you'll miss a guy like Roy Lopez, who's most likely going to make the Houston roster and miss a couple other players who transferred out. But I think for the most part, when you look at the guys who transferred in, when you look at a handful of, of solid recruits they were able to add at the end of the recruiting cycle, uh, overall, I think you got to like what Jedfish is doing. I, I don't know if that's going to translate to a whole lot more in wins and losses. Uh, this is still a team that has depleted talent. Yeah, he inherited, uh, well, he inherited a mess. But I think it's going to be a better team, and now, talent-wise, and now it's up to Jed Fish and his coaches to show that they can coach, that they can coach and instruct better than the Kevin Sumlin uh, staff. And if you listen to some comments made by Arizona players during Arizona Media Day earlier this week, uh, they were kind of critical of, of the Sunland staff, especially how they were prepared and, and something that went down prior to the ASU game. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, general passing the blame for poor performance or if there really was a specific incident or a specific uh, thing in the game planning that, that did not go their way. The one thing I 
said previously in, in past podcasts and said online is that uh, Jetfish still need to land bigger and better recruits. I thought he had done an okay job recruiting, especially when you were talking about the schools he was recruiting from, opening some doors. But I thought overall the star power of his recruits were not really that dissimilar from that of Rich Rodriguez and, and really even Kevin Sumlin. Uh, although I think both Rich Rod and Kevin Sumlin reached for more guys than Jed Fish has done. For the most part, they were the same type of players, lower tier guys for Power 5 conferences, maybe guys you were, you were battling some upper tier non-Power 5s for. But that changed. I mean, the assumption was that when Kevin Sumlin was hired that he could recruit, and he failed to bring in that top-tier talent. Against I voiced his criticism of Fish, he's not even brought in one, but he's brought in two four-star prospects. Exactly the the last thing I needed to see before fall camp, and, and we saw it. You know, when you're a school like Arizona, when you're coming off really a 12-game losing streak, when you're coming off a 77, 72-7 shellacking by your uh, rival, when you're coming off a winless season, you need a little bit of an in, uh, maybe to land. A, a four-star, and you know we saw that with Stoops when he landed some of the four-stars. He had some ins, uh, whether that was family ties, whether that was Oklahoma ties, uh, whether the, you know hitting off with people. But you have to have those ends, and Arizona had the in with the the latest four-star uh, with Kenyon Burnett, whose father was Arizona linebacker Chester Burnett, a a, a Wildcat uh, player who who played a little bit in the NFL. Burnett is a 6'5", 215-pound tight end who was committed to USC, but then decided to follow his high school quarterback, Noah Fafita, to Tucson. And that's the other end they have. Not only did Burnett's dad play for the Wildcats, but his quarterback, who's one of his best friends, is also committed to Arizona. In fact, they have another teammate uh, who's a four-star, borderline five-star in wide receiver, T-Mac McMillan who Arizona's also in good shape with. Now, they're still battling USC, they're still battling Oregon and some others, but the fact that Arizona's even in the mix with, with those teams and maybe even uh, the slight leader for McMillan is huge. If Arizona can pull those three guys to combine with what they already have and then just go get some average three stars that fill positional needs, I, I think it's a successful class. Uh, because not only did they land Burnett, but they landed uh, four-star Zeke Berry, who was the first of the four-stars to commit. Now, if you read the recruiting rankings, you know he is a 247 four-star. I believe he has a very high consensus three-star, but he's a four-star type player. Uh, he's not ranked as high as Burnett, who's a you know consensus four-star. But he's still a better class of athlete than nearly anyone Sumlin brought in. In fact, only Jalen Curry... Uh, Booby Curry, the wide receiver, was ranked higher. Barry is a kid who, again, at a need position at cornerback, he's the type of a slightly bigger cornerback who can come in and uh, really compete, I think, right away. And I think that's what Arizona needs is they need these classes to produce three, four, five, six kids who can come in right away and compete for starting time, at least initially, until that talent level increases. And again, I, I said it earlier, but I think if... if Fish fails to bring in another four-star. I think even if he does miss on McMillan, you know, they missed on, on a couple other four-stars, but they got them on campus. Uh, I think this is, class is considered uh, obviously a modest, if not a, a success. I mean, right now, they're, I think they're somewhere in the, the high 30s, but they're fourth in the Pac-12. If they can finish, frankly, top six, top half of the Pac-12 with a top 35-type class, I think that's, I think that's huge uh, for this group. 
you know, getting two legit four stars to commit to a winless team with an unproven head coach. And that's the other thing. It's not like you hired a proven coach or even a proven assistant. This is a guy who's only coached a little bit in the college ranks. He's coming from the pros. Most of these kids have never been recruited by Fish. Uh, they were too young when he was at UCLA. So getting these guys to commit, I think, has been huge. And again, he's hired some good recruiters and, again, gotten a little fortunate with some connections. But I, I think it's a huge feat. Uh, moving forward, I'd like to see if the Cats can bring in four or five four-stars per class. Even if they can land a five-star, which I think they've done once, who wasn't a JC. I mean, even a guy like Gronkowski wasn't a five-star. Because remember, most recruiting services only have uh, 32 five-stars per class. So you could get the 33rd player, who's almost as good as anyone else in the class. And they're still going to rank him as a four-star. It's just one of the quirks of the recruiting. But what I also like is the rest of the class is solid so far. Even with a recent decommitment from T.J. Hall, a defensive back from Fresno, who looks like now Washington will probably earn his services. He was an interesting player. But if you look at the class, it's really hitting some, some key things. They have four in-state commits, all four from powerhouse programs. The the Wildcats have struggled to recruit since Mike Stoops left. And in the case of Chandler Hamilton, they, they've really never recruited well there. Although none of the in-state players are ranked in the top 10 if in the state of Arizona, they're still quality players at important positions. In fact, the difference really from, from position about three or four in the in the rankings to about 20 is 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 almost none uh, so the fact that Arizona's I think the 12th 13th and 15th it's almost no difference between you know the 8th and 9th of the two top 10 players you know because Arizona again doesn't have any other stuff but of the top 10 just two are uncommitted uh, and a few of them Arizona didn't really even really recruit um, the top prospect in the state is Anthony Lucas who's a legit top 100 player he's a borderline you know not far off from being a five-star I think he's ranked 84th or 85th in the country uh, he has offers from Alabama and Miami and, and Oregon, but I think he's leaving the West. Um, he's not going to go to ASU or Arizona. Uh, you, Arizona just not in really the position right now to land a player like that. Uh, there was a kid named Lamar Washington who plays at a smaller school, Compass Prep, and who, despite his ranking uh, as a as a high three-star, mid-three-star, uh, lacks Power 5 offers, and it does not look like Arizona is even really considering him at this point uh, maybe if he has a big senior year it's someone Arizona can get involved in again Arizona doing well doing better than ASU in state ASU again that really hasn't been their strategy to go big in state whether that's just because they prefer recruiting California or they just you know haven't done well in the state I'm not sure and it'll be interesting to see what happens with them moving forward with their issues shall we say with the NCAA uh, the other thing I like about the class is the filling needs um, they already have five line recruits I think it's uh, two defensive uh, interior defensive linemen two interior offensive linemen and an edge rusher really if you want to throw in a big linebacker or, or the tight end, you can you can see that they're you know really going hard and heavy after getting some size there. The other thing I like that they do is they're taking chances on guys who may lack measurables but have the rest of the skills to be pretty good players. You know, running back Jonah Coleman is only five foot nine. Noah Fafita, the quarterback, only five ten. I mean, frankly, if Coleman was five eleven and, and Fafita was six two, they'd probably both be four star prospects. 
Um, you know, Arizona's done really well with undersized running backs. So, you know, it'd be interesting if Coleman uh, could join the likes of a David Adams or an Ottawa Carter in Arizona lore. He certainly has that kind of uh, ability uh, that shows that, you know, he has a burst. He, he's strong enough to kind of run between tackles. So I really like Coleman. I like Fafita. Fafita's just one of those kids who just... Again, not not a big quarterback, but he's got decent skill set. He has played at a high level. Uh, and even if he doesn't take a snap at Arizona but can bring you two other really talented players, then it is all worth it. I think the other thing to look at with Arizona's recruiting class is the fact that they've been able to go into key areas. You know, they're, they're going into big-time schools, you know, Servite in Anaheim, De La Salle in Concord. Uh, Lincoln High School in Stockton, which produces players. The, you know the Colony in Ontario, California. Uh, these are some big time programs. Now they haven't really gone into the heart of LA yet and been able to you know get a Long Beach Poly kid or, or a you know modern day kid, but they're, they're doing well. You know they've gone into Dallas, Texas. Again, what they've done in state. Uh, and even going into Hawaii, somewhere that they have really not been able to recruit very well since Mike Stoops has gone, and, and, and getting uh, Jonah Savanea, who's from St. Louis, uh, Honolulu, St. Louis, which, again, one of the big football factories in, in the country. And then, you know, they, they, they did go out uh, east, too, where, where they're not afraid to recruit some, you know, whether it's Florida or the Northeast with some of the prep schools. But so if you look at the class overall, could it be stronger? Sure, but they were 77th a year ago. And now they're 38th right now. And again, you have to continue to build. That's only with about half a class. But in the Pac-12, they're ranked uh, fourth when they were 11th a year ago. And again, I think if you can maintain a top 40 class and a top six, top seven recruiting class in conference on a year where you have are coming off a winless season with a new coaching staff, I think it's good. And it's the building blocks. I have seen some criticism uh, continue about fish and and some of the things he's done you know tweeting out results from other sports tweeting out uh things like uh catering to the zona zoo and again i I think i've said it before but if i haven't what else do you want him to do here's a guy who can't win a football game right now there's no games to play his tweeting out and coming up with ideas for the Zona Zoo or for fan festivals or producing movie ideas. Or I even saw some people, well, why is he worried about the uniforms? Like, worry about, you can't do much right now. Obviously, they're breaking down film. Obviously, they're working with players as much as they could before today, which is very limited. But things like that may not win games this year, but they actually will help the program long term. If you can't point to a win or, or, you know, five wins or whatever it is, but you can still build fan engagement and fan involvement, that helps with recruiting. So when you have recruits come on campus this year and, and Arizona, let's say they have 40,000 in the stands instead of 25,000, that goes a long way into getting those recruits to come. Getting some engagement involvement from the student section who maybe have been turned off the last few years will help. You know, I saw someone tweet something to the effect of, why are they bringing back the Desert Swarm uniforms? None of these recruits remember it. Well, A, the uniforms look good, and recruits like uniforms that look good. Well, some recruits like uniforms that look terrible, which is you can see in some, some of the Oregon uniforms. But the fans like them. And A, if you can sell jerseys and shirts and things, that funds the athletic program. But just building, the fans have been asking for these uniforms. So you listen to the fans. Again, you open up practices to the fans and the media. You build goodwill. So maybe this year you only go 2-10. and 10. 
But the fans are like, no, we like Jed Fish. We, we think Jed's doing a good job. We're going to keep supporting his program. We're going to keep supporting these kids. They've done a good job putting the kids front and center. I think they can do more, but they've done a pretty good job. So you want to root for these kids. So maybe it's late in the year. It's week 10 and Arizona's 2-8. and eight. And normally you wouldn't buy that ticket. But you're like, yeah, still like Jed. Still like what they're doing. They're, they're putting a good product on the field. Now that's incumbent upon Arizona too. They have to put a good product on the field. If they don't do that, then it really doesn't matter. All the goodwill, all the things. But if, if we're confident that Fish can coach and that his staff can coach, and even if they're just okay coaches, then all these moves now, the summer before they coach a first game, can build up the goodwill, can build up the fan base, can put pieces in place for future success. And I think that is huge for a program where... I'm not sure Rich Rod was invested in the long run. I think he, you know, I think he wanted the South Carolina job. I think he wanted to leave. I, I just don't think Kevin Sumlin cared. Again, I always said I, I wanted the Kevin Sumlin revenge tour, and we didn't get that. We got the Kevin Sumlin, I'm going to collect a paycheck tour. Maybe Jed Fish isn't here for the long run. Maybe he wants to be an NFL head coach in three years. Maybe he wants to be the coach at UCLA in three years. But if he puts the pieces in place for long-term success, even if it's, you know, let's say it's Brennan Carroll in three years, then it's I, you got to like what he has done, what he is doing. And I, I think, again, I think he has done about as good a job. You know, also, there's been some criticism. Why are you catering to the alumni? And again, I think while the alumni is not going to win or lose you many games, they can get your recruits. Um, look at Chester Burnett's son. They can uh, continue to build the program. When you put... And, you know, you've got guys like, uh, well, now Hunley and, and Cecil are on staff. But when you've got a guy like Gronkowski and Brewski, and even though some of the guys who are big locally, you know, a guy like a Glenn Howe or a Julius Holt who are local and vocal, and they are saying good things about the program, again, that only helps. You know, when Jay Dobbins is saying good things about the program, and Jay Dobbins never really said bad things about the program. You know, he supported some of the, the, the other coaches as well. But when they're out there front and center promoting the program, that only helps. Again, it helps bolster the the fan base, and it may not transfer directly into wins and losses, but if it helps continue to build the program, uh, that is a good thing. So Arizona does enter fall camp. They got a lot more questions, and I think they have answers. They got to settle on a quarterback. I think the offensive line is pretty close. I think their receiving is pretty close. They're going to have to create a running back rotation, and they got a lot of bo interesting bodies there. I think defense has a lot of questions, but mostly you got to teach. You got to continue to put the program in place. You got to continue to teach the fundamentals. I think that were many of those were lost uh, under Sumlin. And this is where we're going to find out exactly what Jed Fish and crew can be, can do. Can they be the type of staff that can wring every ounce of talent out of a kid? Can they be the type of staff that can out-scheme you? Because I think Rich Rod did. I know there's a lot of complaints, but I think Rich Rod was a phenomenal X's and O's coach. I think in many ways he knew how to put his players in the best position to maximize what they could do. I don't necessarily think he recruited well, and I'm not even sure he's overly developed talent. I'm not sure talent got noticeably better, but he put him in a position for success. And again, I don't think it's necessarily someone did much of that. As we saw again, I think some of the complaints I had about uh, Khalil Tate, some of that was on Tate, but I think some of that was on uh, someone in his staff where they didn't take advantage of his abilities, and, and maybe that's because Tate didn't want to, but I think we saw that down the line where guys weren't necessarily put in position to maximize what they could do, whereas I think, you know, again, in many ways, Rodriguez got about 
everything he could get out of the program with his lack of recruiting success. So can Fish do that? That's the question. We'll find out a lot more as we go into fall camp. You know, how soon before we know who the starting quarterback is? I think we're going to figure out a lot of these rotational things quick. Sounds like safety is going to be a huge battle. They want four or five in the rotation. They got to whittle that down. Got to whittle down the linebacking core, which, again, got actually a pretty big boost the other day. Announced, or it was announced, that uh, Treshawn Hayward, the Western Michigan graduate transfer linebacker, will actually be joining the program. Remember, he committed to Arizona. Uh, then they appeared to kind of drop him, or it was a mutual thing. He never committed anywhere else. And then now he will be back in the mix. And I think he probably, along with Anthony Pandy, is Arizona's best linebacker. Now they brought in some other guys. You know, they brought in Bowling Green transfer Jerry Roberts, Vanderbilt transfer uh, Kenny Hebert, Wisconsin transfer Malik Reed. They brought in a transfer from New Mexico State who might play linebacker, although they think he might also play defensive end. So that's now suddenly a, a pretty stat group. Remember, Arizona looked to have a really good linebacking rotation a year ago, but that was before, you know, Collins Schooler wound up at Texas Tech. And uh, you know, other guys wound up in West Virginia, and now they're in the NFL. So Arizona got decimated by transfer, and now they get bolstered by transfer. So we can see how those guys shake out. But again, Pandy comes in, a few of the young guys also competing, and that becomes a very interesting group now that they get Hayward there. Arizona, if you noticed, I think we'll have the answer maybe soon, but it looks like Majan Wright, who Arizona has re-added after he transferred out, is not with the team to start camp, but he is expected to join the team. Uh, Miles Tapusa also rejoined the team. He comes in, slimmed down. He was over 340 uh, last year. He's down in the 295 range, looking good and looking strong. Uh, so Arizona continues to make moves and bolster things even late in the process as camp, as, as we record this, camp had just opened up. But as you listen to this, we may be closer uh, to uh, camping uh, the first couple of days of camping over it depends how quick I can get this edited so moving forward we are going to be doing again position by position whether that's one position per podcast or, or cramming a few in well we'll as always start with the quarterbacks uh, and if we get to the running backs hopefully I can record that maybe even later today so we'll get that doubled up uh, more podcast bang for your buck. Uh, but that's kind of the plan, and then uh, we'll figure it out moving forward into fall camp. Are we gonna Maybe you want some interview audio if I can get out to camp or right, get the audio from some of my friends at, some of my friends at All Sports Tucson, sharing a little of their audio. Uh, but pretty much I like doing more of the analysis. And then moving forward, what do you guys want during the season? Do you want pre- and post-game shows? Do you just want midweek analysis? Do you want it to more resemble a local talk show that maybe you're not getting uh let me know as you can follow me on facebook it's just brad alice you can follow me on twitter at wsr brad and before we head out uh going to discuss uh arizona basketball phil maybe i think finally maybe filled out their rotation uh kim aiken the transfer from eastern washington who was at one point committed to sean miller then Miller was fired literally the next day. He decommitted, went to Washington State, um, then decommitted from Washington State. It sounds like they just didn't let him in the grad program. Here's a kid who was an acad all academic in the Big Sky Conference, uh, 3.4, 3.5 GPA. 
and Washington State can't get him into the graduate program. That's weird from a couple of things. One, Washington State not necessarily known as the uh, academic juggernaut of the Northwest schools, although they do have some great programs, including their veterinary program. I had a friend who did her vet work there, and that's a competitive program, but I don't think Kim Aiken wanted to be a vet. Um, and frankly, you just don't kind of bend over backwards to get a, again, not a kid who's rocking like a 2-1. The kid was a legit uh, scholar-athlete, maybe not a kid who would automatically get into your graduate school, but the fact that you can't make an, uh, a slight concession for a basketball player shows maybe why Washington State basketball is Washington State basketball. But Aiken comes in, he should round out the front court rotation, although he was he can play the wing. Um, he's you know in that 6-7 range, but he's a good rebounder. He's a really good defender. He, um, I think he won defensive player of the week a couple times in the big sky. And he'll come in and provide depth at the power forward spot. Um, when Arizona can go a little smaller with him, but with only three, you know, proven post players before Aiken joined, the, that was really kind of I think seen as a weakness. Now I think if you look at it, just point guard depth is really the only concern I have. But uh, well, Aiken, you know, you look at it and it's like, oh, well, from a talent standpoint, Aiken's not the kind of guy who can be the difference in 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 a couple wins or a run. But from a foul trouble standpoint, he is. There may very well have been some games where Arizona was going to have to play super undersized because they just didn't have enough fouls on the front court. Well, now you bring in Aiken, and suddenly you can rest your guy two or three minutes more. You can avoid a guy fouling out, and that could be worth a win or two or three. And, you know, depending on when those wins happen, it could be a, an extra round. Again, is Aiken going to score the 27 points uh, to lift Arizona over UCLA? No. But if he can log that 25 minutes instead of 15 minutes when there's foul trouble and keep you from having to play Ben Mathurin at, at the at the four or Dallin Terry at the four and just giving up a ton of size, uh, then I think it can be a good thing. And it's a good thing for Tommy Lloyd and the crew. And also, it looks like Arizona may get their answer sooner rather than later about their potential penalties as the... NCAA has uh, sped up the timetable for the uh, the independent review board, the IARP, to review cases. So Arizona, who I th I think most of us thought would have to wait till after the season, may actually get something decided during the season. Well, that's it for now. Gone longer than maybe I expected. Hope again, hoping to get you a few more shows this week. Uh, but for Jed Fish the new coaching staff and all the players who started fall camp today bear down <laughs>